Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Advisors, LLC, GA, and or their investment advisor representatives. I'm Tammy Simpson, a certified financial planner, chartered retirement planning counselor, and accredited domestic partner advisor. And this is Tammy's Two Cents, the podcast. This podcast came about after considering why it would be worth your time for me to add more material into the vast universe of already available financial planning information. Books, newsletters, news shows, blogs, celebrity planning financial gurus, and of course, the internet, where Google is everyone's go-to financial planner. And then I remembered that throughout my life, one of the most valuable things I've ever sought was not information. It was an educated, wise, experienced opinion. And thus was born a reason to throw my two cents into the mix. I've been doing financial planning for over a decade, met with thousands of people, and designed hundreds of personalized financial plans. Don't expect this podcast to be heavy on data. I know data, I love data, I study data, I keep up on data, but this podcast is my educated opinion. In other words, welcome to Tammy's Two Cents, the podcast. I'm Tammy Simpson, and with me today is Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing? Well, Tammy, it's great to be here with you once again on the show Thanks for having me on your show. I'm excited because I always learn something and you always have a lot of great advice uh, financially. I know this is what you've been doing and helped so many people already in our community uh, with their finances and their retirement plans, things like that. But I've had a busy, busy week myself, but I know my schedule doesn't even compare to yours as far as Oh, it might. (laughs) I know you've been pretty busy. What have you been up to? Well, you know, in Southern California, we work as much as we need to and we play the rest of the time. So, <laughs> right. you know, that's what yeah. we're doing. But, you know, I'm delighted to be here again with you and talk about something that, um, you know, is near and dear to my heart. And that is how people can be happier and wealthier and healthier. And yeah. uh, today we're going to tackle something that is a little bit, potentially at least, a little bit confusing but uh, very interesting and very important for people, I think, for many people to get educated on, and that is the potential tax advantages of cash value life insurance. Wow. Uh, Life insurance is always something that I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there. A lot of people do get confused. Uh, I know I used to never, before working with you and doing the show with you, uh, I've been confused about it in the past. So I think this is a good topic uh, you've chosen. Uh, so, you know, uh, life insurance, it's kind of interesting. I mean, uh, a lot of people don't like the idea of life insurance because they feel like, I always used to feel like, hey, I'm paying this money every month, uh, but, you know, I'm never going to see that money again. Uh, and will my kids see it? And there's so many different types of life insurance, and I, I've always been confused by that. So, uh, but maybe it's a necessary evil. I mean, when your kids are young and my house isn't paid for, it would be nice to leave money to my loved ones when I die. 
Uh, but you know, a lot of people ask what's in it for me and, and maybe my money would be better spent elsewhere. Right. Oh, for sure. And I have to just kind of concur with you when I was doing my, uh, personal financial planning training at UC Irvine, uh, here, I remember when I took my, uh, training the course on life insurance and without question, I felt like it was one of the most confusing, uh, subjects in all of financial planning that we dealt with probably second only to taxes. Right. And um, so I I definitely understand people's confusion. I also understand what you just said, you know, that uh, for a lot of people, it feels like a necessary evil. Um, And frequently things that are a little bit more uh, confusing and maybe a little bit more complex have some uh, maybe a little bit more potential if we take the time to figure them out. And so we don't have a lot of time today, but I do want to introduce people just to some of the potential tax advantages of cash value life insurance and why even when they're retiring or retired and perhaps don't have as much of a need for just a straightforward death benefit, that there can be some living benefits uh, to hmm. cash value life insurance. Um, so what are some of those living benefits of life insurance? Well, and, and you know, again, it can be, I, I want to make clear there's a lot of types of life insurance. Sure. And, uh, you know, there's term life insurance, there's whole life insurance, there's universal life insurance, there's indexed, there's variable, there's there are a lot of flavors. You know, we could open a 31 flavors of life insurance instead of ice cream store. And part of that is what makes this a little bit more challenging. And so not all insurance has living benefits, meaning benefits that will benefit the owners of that policy while they're alive. Every, every life insurance policy has a death benefit. And I'm sure you're familiar with that and our listeners are familiar with that. And that's where when I, if I have a life insurance policy on my life and I die, someone will get a sum of money um, as the beneficiary of that policy. And all life insurance does that. What What I wanna talk about and what I'm finding a lot of interest in is life insurance that has the potential to grow a cash value, meaning it's not just uh, a death benefit, but it actually has a cash value. In other words, it has a bucket within it that is accumulating some cash value that if you decided, like if you have a term policy, And in no way is this meant to disparage term insurance. Term insurance has a place and um, and people need to get the right type of insurance for the right type of purpose. So but term insurance does not have a cash value. It has other benefits being less expensive, uh, meeting the needs for something short term that aren't long term. So it has its place. But what I'm interested in people learning about is the types of life insurance that while you're paying your your premium, whether it's monthly or quarterly or annually or even once. I mean, there are life insurance policies you can just put one payment in for your whole life. And it's called a single, you know, premium paid up life insurance company uh, policy. 
That premium you're placing, some of it isn't used for the death benefit purchase and it's funneled into the cash value so it has potential to grow. Now, in some cases, it also has the potential to lose money. So sometimes that cash... If it's tied to the market, right? Exactly. So if it's, you know, there are certain types of uh, life insurance that that cash value bucket, sometimes it's invested in a way that it can earn and it can uh, decline or lose money. Other times it's invested in a way that it can only earn money, but it can't lose money. Sometimes it's uh, positioned in a way that it's receiving company dividends from like a mutual uh, life insurance company. But the bottom line is that there are policies outside of term, which you have money that is left over in some cases, if you're doing that on purpose, to go to this cash value and to be able to potentially grow. Now, why is that important? That's important because um, this cash value within this life insurance policy grows tax deferred. Mm. So it's not IRA, it's not Roth, it's not, uh, you know, qualified money, but it grows tax deferred. So if you have money accumulating in that cash bucket, it has a tax deferred growth. Now that's a nice benefit. So you um, don't have to pay the tax on the gains each year. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And then what's interesting is that you may have access to that money either through a withdrawal and the withdrawal can be taxable If you're withdrawing earnings, it's generally taxable. If you withdraw your premiums in the policy, it's not. Or what is uh, being used quite a bit by my clients is that you can actually borrow from your cash bucket. And when you borrow money out, that is not taxed. Obviously, if you take a loan, if you went, you know, go get a loan for anything, Borrowed sure. borrowed money is not taxed, right? So you can borrow money out of this cash bucket and you can have no intention to ever pay it back. And if the policy is designed uh, correctly and uh, performs correctly, there is no need to pay it back. So you can actually take, I have clients who take an annual loan, which is untaxed, Uh, just for their retirement income. And there's no intention to ever pay this loan back. However, the policy loans may reduce the available cash values and the death benefits. And you must be aware of how the unpaid loans can affect the policy. Mm. Was that clear as mud? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, that's, uh, that's interesting. And that sounds like a great strategy to utilize. Well, it can be. It certainly can be now. There are IRS rules that have to be complied with. Sure. These these policies have to be set up you know, appropriately. Uh, there are there are certainly you know rules and regulations that have to be adhered to. Oh yeah. There are limitations to how much premium can be placed in a life insurance policy in these and still maintain certain tax advantages. And like I said before, there are different ways that these buckets earn money 
There are also the fees and expenses associated with having a life insurance policy. But it is this fascinating combination of how do you have cash value that grows tax deferred that you can access through a loan and spend while you're living without paying taxes. And then when you pass away, uh, any balance left in the death benefit will go to your beneficiaries tax-free. So it has some potential tax advantages. Yeah, wow, there's a lot of uh, potential tax benefits uh, of cash value life insurance then. And obviously, um, uh, life insurance uh, living benefits differ then from the death benefit, but it can really be utilized as a strategy. Do you have to have a lot of money in order to benefit from that strategy? Well, you know, a lot of money, that's going to, some people will think. A, <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But how much money, how much <laughs> money do I need to benefit from that strategy? Well, here's what I will say. The more money you have, the more you're going to benefit, right? So this sure, tends sure. to be a strategy that is utilized by my clients who are wealthier and they have more money. Sure. Um, so the more you have, the more you're going to benefit. Obviously, the more you have, uh, the the more you need the tax uh, benefits. But I would say, um, and it's worth noting, Tony, that you can't just say, oh, you know what? I've got, you know, this $500,000 brokerage account here. I think I'm going to, that's a great idea. I'm going to just dump that into a cash value life insurance policy. And it doesn't work quite that way. You may have to place funds in the policy in a strategic way that meets the criteria of the IRS guidelines to do this. And without getting too complicated, it has to do with a seven-year pay test. And we want to make sure that these policies don't become what is called a MEC, an M-E-C, a Modified Endowment Contract. But back to your question, I will say this. I tend to think that people need to be able to place money for, I would say, six years, uh, maybe is shorter to five, but meaning we don't want to do just one big lump sum. If someone wants to put $100,000 in this strategy, I like to divide that premium over six years and just do it annually for six years. Up to 10, 10 is good, six to 10 years to get the money into the bucket of this policy. Um, then it's also worth noting that this does have to be a legitimate life insurance policy. You have to have legitimate and real need for a life insurance policy. You can't just say, oh, I like this. I think I'll put all my money here. You, yeah. have, to, you have to qualify like everything else and you have to be able to show that it is uh, first and foremost uh, needed legitimately as a life insurance policy. But most people are underinsured, so that's not usually a problem. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Uh, can I take my money out at any time? Uh, with some limitations. These have some of the same restrictions that annuities might have, where sometimes it's the first 10 to 12 years that if you do decide to withdraw all of your deposits that are left after the cost of insurance has come out, there can be some fees and surrender uh, charges. I tell my clients who are considering this, you don't go into this sort of a strategy thinking you're going to potentially come out of it. This is getting married, right? It has these amazing... It's more of a long-term strategy. It's a long-term strategy. And you know, there's real benefits from this particular long-term strategy. 
that might help you with your tax bill while you're alive and certainly can help defray your tax bill when you die. Sure. Um, but you have to fund this over a period of time. It's usually we look for this kind of sweet spot where we don't want to buy any more death benefit than is necessary to allow us to put however many dollars we want in. So for instance, sure. if I have someone who says, I want to put 20,000 a year into this for five, six years, then we'll run it through the illustration guidelines and software. And it will come back and say, in order to have this tax advantage and comply with the IRS rules and regulations, you must put by X amount of insurance to put in $20,000 a year. So it might say you have to buy 472,000 of death benefit to be able to put in the 20,000 a year. And I pulled that number truly right out of the sky. If you want to deposit more Tony, then you're going to need to buy more life insurance. Sure. Uh, that that's the that's kind of the rub, but what we've found is that the purchase of the life insurance, if you're not super old and unhealthy, I mean, obviously you have to qualify, you have to have health that qualifies. And I've done this for people into their mid 60s. Yeah, I would imagine it depends on each individual situation at that point. And, and you want to definitely look at some of these strategies that can benefit you, especially in retirement, benefit your loved ones, and so the cash value aspect is interesting. And one thing I will note from listening to you talk about this, just as you mentioned, it can get really complicated, but that's where you come in. We don't have to tackle this alone. And that's what you do is help your clients do what's in their best interests. And I know you're always looking out for their best interests and everybody's situation is different. So how do we know if it's a good idea for, for, how do I know if it's a good idea for me personally? Basically, uh, one way I would assume is to work with a financial professional like yourself to sit down and, and look at where I'm at, right? Yes. But I would say here are some criteria. Let's say that you're 65 or younger. Uh, you've got some after-tax money that's, you know, kind of invested, sitting around, not sure what to do with it. Um that you might want to look at this strategy. If you have IRA or tax deferred money that you're thinking of Roth converting, you might want to look at this strategy because there are people who decide to, instead of Roth convert, they, they uh, incrementally withdraw some of their IRA funds, pay the taxes and deposit it in a life insurance uh, strategy like this because they're going to get a double benefit. They're going to get some tax-free growth and use, and then they're going to get an increased tax-free inheritance to their beneficiaries. Uh, you might want to look at this strategy if you have no uh, plan currently for a tax-free cash flow. You know, as I'm creating cash flow plans for my clients in retirement, there's some that's taxable, some that's tax-deferred, and I'm always looking to include a little bit of that tax-advantaged income. Um, so it is also a way to position yourself to have a, a source of income that is untaxed to you. You might want to look at this um, if you do need uh, or want to enhance the uh, death benefit to your beneficiaries and manage the tax bill that that 
uh, could incur at the time of your death. But primarily it's for people who have some time with at least a piece of their money, five, five to six years, to incrementally transition. And I would say you you probably need to do at least 20000 a year for five or six years to make this work in, in, a, in a way that I think is uh, strong. I have a lot of people who do forty or fifty thousand a year. I have one client who does um, hundred and eighty thousand a year for ten years. It's also an interesting strategy to compare to four hundred one ks, because sometimes if we look at what am I saving into my four hundred one k, maybe I'm fifty five, sixty. I've already got a whole lot of money tax deferred. Maybe I should look at should I do a Roth or a different tax-free strategy mm. for a little while. Um, but yeah, this requires kind of looking at what you have, what your what is the tax status of your existing money? What's the tax status of your future money? What's the tax status of your future income? And is there a way to pull this in in a meaningful way um, that can benefit you and ultimately also your beneficiaries? Yeah, and I think that's huge. Obviously, uh, there's a lot to sort through when it comes to uh, life insurance, and I, I like the sound of cash value life insurance. Now, obviously, a lot of what you do when it comes to, you mentioned Roth IRAs and cash value life insurance, uh, the goal is to minimize that tax burden, uh, yes. especially, especially in retirement. And I know you work alongside CPAs uh, for your clients to make sure uh, that they are able to minimize that tax burden and that it doesn't harm them in retirement, the taxes, right? Exactly. Oh, yes. We work, I will work very closely with my client CPA, uh, even if we're considering this to make sure that, you know, there's not something I'm not missing. I don't prepare taxes, right? I do tax strategize with my clients. But we will work very closely with their CPA. Um, we'll we'll work closely with their estate and trust planning attorneys. Um, any anybody that they're currently working with, I love to include in that brainstorming for does this work well for this person? Sure. Um, and that's an that's a very important thing to do because you know, like everything in the world, Tony, um, in the financial world. Uh, you can read pros and cons and you can get people who do it well and people who don't do it well, right? So it it really does matter. You need to do your homework. You need to know what you're doing and you need to find someone who's done a fair amount of this, I think, uh, because like everything else, we learn by experience. I've done quite a bit of this for people and I do it for myself, actually. This is one of my strategies for my retirement uh, income. And the other thing that people, you know, you don't even have to just use this for retirement income. Maybe you don't need that. But maybe you'd like to grow a tax deferred bucket of money that you could dip into for an unexpected need. Like Like long term care. Like long term care or like to um, maybe even just take a trip. Right. Or an unexpected medical. This is um, a, a account that you can borrow money from and you can pay it back or not pay it back. Please know that if a policy loan is not 
paid back, it will affect the policy cash values available and the death benefit. And um, so sometimes people will utilize this to buy their cars. They'll say, I'll make my own um, bucket of money. I'll borrow it here. And um, instead of borrowing it from a bank, um, you can sort of create your own bucket to uh, take loans from that you pay back or in some cases don't pay back. Please know that if the loans and withdrawals are not paid back, they will likely reduce the available cash values and the death benefits. Well, and I think it's really good that we talked about this. We're out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? Why don't you let our listeners know how they can set up that complimentary, no cost, no obligation consultation with you? Okay, well, listen, obviously you can go on our webpage and get all of our uh, contact information there, and that's uh, www.wealthfinancialgroupwest.com. You can also call our office uh, at 714-617-4394, and we'd be delighted to set up an opportunity to talk with you on the phone or do a screen share or a Skype or come into the office. Uh, Lots of ways to connect Uh, and lots of ways to just check out and say, hey, do you think this might be something good for me? Um, And I'd love to do that. All right. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Tammy's Two Cents with our host, Tammy Simpson. I'm Tammy Simpson, and you've been listening to Tammy's Two Cents, the podcast. I believe one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself and your family is financial planning taking time to intentionally and purposefully create a plan for your money. I hope these podcasts inspire you to do just that. Get more information at Tammy'sTwoCents.com. If you haven't yet, go to iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify and subscribe to this podcast. Join me next week for another Tammy's Two Cents podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Tammy Simpson offers investment advisory services through Gradient Advisors, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 877-885-0508, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Gradient Advisors, LLC, and its advisors do not render tax, legal, or accounting advice. Wealth Financial Group West Inc. is not a registered investment advisor and is not an affiliate of Gradient Advisors, LLC. Insurance products and services are offered through Tammy Simpson, independent agent. Wealth Financial Group West Inc., Tammy Simpson, and Gradient Advisors, LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Policy loans and withdrawals from a life insurance policy will reduce available cash values and death benefits and may cause the policy to lapse or affect any guarantees against lapse. Additional premium payments may be required to keep the policy in force. In the event of a lapse, outstanding policy loans and excessive unrecovered cost basis will be subject to ordinary income tax. Withdrawals are generally tax-free unless the withdrawal amount exceeds the amount of the premium paid. Policy loans are not usually subject to income tax unless the policy is classified as a modified endowment contract under IRC Section 7720A. Keep in mind that most life insurance policies require health underwriting and in some instances financial underwriting. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Material presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.